You are in tune to Enlightenment Radio, home of the ultimate knowledge of body, soul, and spirit, and unlimited music 24-7. Be sure and visit our website at enlightenment-radio.com. There you can journey through the mystical voyage and also view our schedule of programming. Thank you for listening. Good morning, Tea Party. I hope you have your uh, books available that Ravi did in Hinji. PDF, access it right now, turn to page one. We'll be with you shortly to read. Get in touch with the spirit. Good morning. listening to enlightenment radio along your journey for a purpose to find your mission travel to enlightenment-radio.com there you will discover your highest spiritual path then say goodbye to the milky way where your new kingdom will be awaiting you here's the keys to galaxy 9 This is your guide, Mystic Guide. We are in tune to Enlightenment Radio. You can find our website at themysticalvoyage.com. The ultimate knowledge of body, soul, and spirit. We now have an app you can download directly, Enlightenment Radio. And Android, you can go through Radio King and hit Explore and find Enlightenment Radio. So let's get to continuation. It really is a continuation of communion in the Spirit. We went over the many purposes of speaking in tongues. We went through 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, the manual of how to, that God instructs us how to operate the manifestations of the gift of Holy Spirit. 
for, for profit and for power. It's power. When it said, Paul said, I came not only to you in speech only, but in demonstration of power. Then it said, with great witnesses, gave the apostles, with, with great power, the apostles gave witness of the resurrection. So we learned that the speaking in tongues is also a great witness of the resurrection. It's the only witness. It's better than any eyewitness. So tonight we're going to go to some more basics, get a little basic into it, and then you can do some homework on your own and gain a greater knowledge of the basics of what is speaking in tongues, or like I like to say, our spiritual prayer language. For page one, speaking in tongues, it's profit and usage in the life of a believer. This is written by uh, one of my fellowship leaders, Donnie Guerrero, many years ago, and I liked it, the simplicity of it. So that's what's key for those of us who are basic beginners, which is most of us. It says, for many Christians today, the entire subject of the gift of Holy Spirit, its manifestations, their proper usage, is nothing but a muddled mess of conflicting theologies and personal opinions. Most just sweep it under the rug, not being able or willing to separate the truth from error. Some because of ignorance or wrong teaching are afraid of it. Some deride it. Others remain complacent, not wanting to rock the boat by bringing up something as seemingly out of the fringe of the Christian walk at best. But the scriptures are not unclear nor are they willing to keep silent regarding the wonderful manifestation of the Spirit. There is much to learn from the Word of God about speaking in tongues, that it is our benefit and blessing if we will allow the Word to speak. In this study, we will endeavor to do just that. Speaking in tongues has had a wide variety of explanations through the years since the Christian church began some 2,000 years ago. It has been described as everything from a gift of the Spirit to the drunken babble of some unlearned and uneducated Galileans to cursing Jesus. But what people say about it may or may not be true. So when looking into understanding speaking in tongues, as with many any spiritual matter, we must go to the Scriptures because it is our only source for truth. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 and 2 Peter 20.21 And there alone will we find the truth about the, this often misunderstood manifestation of the Spirit. As we search out what the Bible says about speaking in tongues and put aside what men say, we find that speaking in tongues is one of the most important and exciting aspects of our lives as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what is speaking in tongues? To answer this question, we'll begin in Acts 2. One verse through four. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, 
they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Next week we're going to be going over and debunking a couple of myths. They were not all in an upper room that wasn't about 120. They were in the temple, and it was the 12 apostles. They were there at the hour of prayer. But tonight we're going to go into this speaking in tongues and what what it was next week we'll go a little more detail and debunk the myth of where and how it was received and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with holy ghost or holy spirit pneuma hagion is the greek pneuma hagion spirit holy and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit, capital S, gave them utterance. I could go to the footnote, but you can read the footnote yourself in your Hindi version PDF. Here we see that speaking in tongues marks the beginning of the church of the body of Christ, or the entity of Christ, as I like to call it. The church the ecclesia, to which all born-again ones belong. This is one of the things Jesus Christ told his disciples they would be able to do once they receive Holy Spirit. Mark 16, 17, And these signs shall follow or accompany them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, and they shall speak with tongues, and they shall heal the sick. In Mark sixteen seventeen, Jesus Christ is telling his disciples what they would be able to do in the near future once they receive the gift that he referred to as a promise of the Father in Luke twenty four forty nine. Luke 24:49 And behold I send the promise of my father upon you but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high Well if it's power from on high then it's power from on high It's not made up it's not hypnotism it's not being controlled you're endued or clothed with power from on high Acts 1.8, but you shall receive, this is Jesus speaking, telling them what's going to happen in his resurrected body before he ascends. When the Holy Spirit, small h, small s, is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, the resurrected Christ, both in Jerusalem and on all Judea, and in the uttermost part of the earth. That's you. (laughs) You are the uttermost part of the earth. So is the USA. So all around the world, from Jerusalem and Samaria, Jesus foretold that the gift of Holy Spirit would be made available to all. In Luke 24, 49, the promise of the Father is power from on high. In Acts 1, 8, this power from on high is the Holy Spirit. 
These are all terms describing the one gift of Holy Spirit which could become available on the day of Pentecost. Notice that it was not until they received the power of Holy Spirit that they could be witnesses of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. Just being eyewitnesses of his resurrection was not enough. They would need to have proof beyond their personal testimony. The gift of Holy Spirit would be that proof, and it would be indisputable. Remember how we went over last week? If you were to go to a trial, put the witnesses up there after 2,000 years, how you could shred their evidence, their eyewitness testimony. The devil would be the prosecutor cross-examining you. Did you really see? Were you really there? What were you wearing? All of that. But no, the witness of God is greater than the witness of men with our five senses. And that is the speaking in tongues from the gift of Holy Spirit. The gift of Holy Spirit would be that proof and it would be indisputable. This is why, or this is what they were told to wait for in the city of Jerusalem. Acts 2 is the record of the fulfillment of this great promise. At the time, God could have done whatever he wanted to mark the magnitude of this great occasion. Jesus Christ's work was accomplished. God had raised him from among the dead and ascended him to sit on his right hand in the heavenlies, and he made available the power of his gift to all and in all who believe, beginning with the twelve apostles. God chose to signify the fulfillment of this original outpouring of the gift of Holy Spirit with the manifestation of speaking in tongues and with it the irrefutable proof of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, before that day, you could prophesy, you could have word of knowledge, revelation, miracles, faith, healing, but speaking in tongues was not available. This is the evidence of the proof of the birth of the church and that Christ was resurrected. This was the new beginning. This was what is culminated in what is called by Paul and revealed unto Paul that was kept hidden in God from before the foundation of the world, the great mystery. This is one of the aspects of the great mystery. We would be given power, power from on high, and one of these powers is a spiritual language and all of the many facets that it accomplishes. We went over last week. Then Peter said unto them, after they heard them speak in their language, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. And it's not talking about water. By the time Acts 2, 38, and the day of Pentecost had come, if you read my book, Everyone in Israel had been baptized by water. Everyone had. It says that. So everyone had already been baptized with water. Remember, Jesus said, Ye shall be baptized in Holy Spirit. So this is a spirit baptism. 
You can replace the word baptized from now on in the book of Acts with the word born again. I'll do it right here. Repent and be born again, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive Lambano to manifest the gift of Holy Spirit. You see, repent and be born again. Now you've received the Spirit, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall then manifest the gift. That's how that verse reads. Lambano and baptize. Very simple. But it's caused a lot of confusion because people want to add water. <laughs> they put tubs by the pews. They take people down by the river still to this day. They want to sprinkle them, dunk them. There's no water baptism. Water baptism doesn't save or help or profit anyone. It's just in the flesh. Now we are to worship God in the spirit. It's a spiritual baptism. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Well, has God called you? Raise your hand if God's called you. Look around the room. <laughs> Every one of you should be raising your hand. God bless. God bless God called us. Here again, the promise is the gift of Holy Spirit that would clothe them with power from on high. The speaking in tongues was the evidence in the senses realm of the receiving of the gift. It is the very thing needed to be a witness of the resurrection of Christ. This, is, this puts speaking in tongues in a class all by itself. Furthermore, here in Acts 2.39, this promise of the Father is made available to all that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. The usage of the word all makes this promise to everyone who chooses to believe. It's that simple. You choose to believe in the name of Jesus Christ. Does it say in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? doesn't say that. The apostles obeyed every word that Jesus Christ told them, so those words were added much later in the 4th century. They're not in the original text of Matthew. That's for another time. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ, disagrees with the uttermost parts of the earth in Acts 1.8. In Acts, we find other records that deal specifically with the new birth and the receiving of Holy Spirit into manifestation. They are found in chapters 8, 9, 10, and 19, and of course, I found many, many other places where they are listed in my book, you can go to chapter 6, Communion in the Spirit. This is the category we've been dealing with. But for the sake of clarity, context, and subject matter, we will consider the record in chapter 10, 
Next, just as the record in chapter 2 shows the original outpouring to those of Israel, chapter 10 shows the original outpouring to the Gentiles, making it an equally significant record. So I'm going to stop here because we read over that last week or sometime during this communion in the Spirit. We read about how Peter went and witnessed to the Gentiles and they all began to speak in tongues before he even got to the how to and what to. They just manifested. God poured it out. So everyone, I just got a, in the chat room, T2, now I have the PDF. That's right. You can print it out, download it, and that's the idea. It's in Hindi to where you can understand it. Thank goodness, because I don't understand a word of Hindi, except Payar, I love you. <laughs> Okay, we're going to skip now a few pages to where it starts on page 8. Page 8, where in bold text it says, Speaking in tongues is the external manifestation in the senses realm of the internal reality and presence of the power of the gift, which is Holy Spirit. This is a great definition. You see too many theologians, high and mighty pastors, preachers, teachers, church bishops, church pontiffs, church ushers, Everyone who thinks they have a degree or a record, they think that it may have gone away with the apostles. Well, this isn't true. Everyone that I went through the class with, everyone that I talked to who believes the word, manifests speaking in tongues. Why would God take it away? It's power. And we need power to fight a spiritual battle. We're no good at fighting a spiritual battle with fleshly weapons. Speaking in tongues, again, this is the definition, is the external manifestation in the senses realm of the internal reality and presence of the power of the gift, which is Holy Spirit. It's not a person, it's a gift. The giver gives you a gift, you don't get the giver, you get the gift. The gift is Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues is the initial manifestation of it. It is the believer operating the God-given ability by the freedom of his will as the Spirit gives utterance. It's not your job to make up the word the word is given to you by God, the Spirit, to your spirit, and it bypasses your brain. So you can't make it up. You can't flub it up. It's the only thing you'll ever do in your life that is perfect. It is one of the nine manifestations of the one spirit listed in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. 
Each believer receives one gift that has nine manifestations, nine distinct operations. With the gift comes the ability to operate all of the nine manifestations. At the moment of the new birth, the believer receives the gift and therefore has the ability to operate not only speaking in tongues, but also the interpretation of tongues, which we heard today in our fellowship here, prophecy, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, faith, which is not your faith, but the faith of Jesus Christ you received inside you, miracles and gifts of healings. Some believe and therefore teach that God gives one the gift of speaking in tongues and another he gives the gift of interpretation of tongues, etc. To another he gives nothing at all. If this were true, then God would be a respecter of persons. But as Peter observed in his meeting with Cornelius and the Gentiles in chapter 10, and as the scriptures establish, God is not a respecter of persons. What he gives to one, he gives to all. The experience of manifesting the gift of Holy Spirit by way of speaking in the spiritual language, speaking in tongues, is available to all believers just as it was in the first century church because God has given to each one the same gift at the moment of being born again. This is not a process, something you earn, something you work for, be good enough for. It is the grace of God that has given you the one gift and the manifestation of that gift. Got it? The manifestation of speaking in tongues is the first step in the believer's walk with the power of God in his life and therefore of utmost importance to him. Once he speaks in tongues, he is convinced that the power of God is in him and he can begin to walk with the other manifestations of the Spirit and do just as Jesus Christ promised in John 14:12. John 14, 12 reads, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me the works that I shall do, he shall do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. These are the greater works he's speaking of. Could Jesus Christ, at the time he was alive, get people born again? No. Could he lead people into speaking in tongues? No, was not yet available because I had not yet gone unto my Father. So with the gift of Holy Spirit comes the ability to do the works that Jesus Christ did. When we look at Jesus Christ's life, we see all but two of the manifestations of the Spirit in operation. We see prophecy, we see the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, faith, miracles, and gifts of healings. These are the manifestations of the Spirit that he operated that enabled him to do the works that he did. Heal the sick, raise the dead, calm the storms, and other works. 
which he said he would do. The ability lies in the gift of Holy Spirit, which every believer receives. But what about the greater works? The scripture does not say specifically what these greater works are, but from what we see from the record of the scripture, it can be concluded that the greater works can only be two in number. One of the greater works is leading people to the knowledge of Christ and bringing them to the point of the new birth, getting them born again. Well, isn't that logical? You know, God is logical. People don't expect God to be logical. They think him to be mysterious, secretive, unintelligible, esoteric. God is very logical. He gave us a logical brain, gave us a one and one plus two type brain, (laughs) and adding born again, the new birth, and I'm about to read this, something that Jesus Christ could not do was not available until the day of Pentecost. We have this blessed privilege and ministry. The other work that is greater than what Jesus Christ could do is in operating the manifestation of speaking in tongues and its companion manifestation, interpretation of tongues. Jesus Christ could not speak in tongues, for it too was not available until Pentecost and the new birth. With speaking in tongues is the ability to pray perfectly. It is enables the believer to speak to God, divine secrets, among other things. Wow. Wouldn't you like to speak divine secrets? This is truly greater than what Jesus could do praying with his understanding. As we continue to search out God's word, these particular truths will be seen quite clearly. Let me take a pause. I need to take a little sip of soda here, and we'll be right back. The spice expands consciousness. expands consciousness the music you are listening to is coming from enlightenment radio sound waves that lift your consciousness enhance your mood and transcends time and space visit our website at enlightenment-radio.com where you'll be guided each level of transformation to become an enlightened one
Okay, a little Moby moving, God moving over the face of the waters, one of my favorite songs. Okay, so now we're coming to the question on page nine. Is speaking in tongues available today? Some of the greatest theologians of our time have said that there is no, there is no lack of evidence that the first century church utilized speaking in tongues, but that it is no longer available today. You know why they say that? Because they don't speak in tongues. <laughs> it's that simple. The reasoning stems in part from the belief that when the original apostles died, we entered a new era of dispensation in the King James, but it means administration, and the spiritual gifts did not carry on. This is only the tip of the air iceberg when dealing with this topic. But all of the problems and understanding have their roots in one foundational error, the failure to recognize Scripture as truth rather than commentaries and the tradition of men. Jesus was frustrated. He said, you do err by your tradition, transgressing the truth and making it of none effect by your tradition. So having no power is believing in tradition. You're powerless. First thing I would do if I walked in a church is show me the power. They can't show you, turn around and walk out. So, this is the only tip of uh, the iceberg. Well, anyway, I lost my place. From what we have seen from the Word of God, speaking in tongues is no longer available because it went out with the last of the twelve apostles, and so did the gift of Holy Spirit for speaking in tongues is but a manifestation of the gift. We know this cannot be true because the promise of the gift is made to as many as are afar off. Those who are afar off Let me continue here. And I'm skipping the footnotes. Be sure and you read the footnotes. The footnote there, the Spirit was upon Jesus Christ, was the same that was available throughout the Old Testament. That's right. You see, the Spirit was upon men in the Old Testament, but it was not in them as a permanent, as your breath. <laughs> if you can breathe, you can speak in tongues. Spirit is as close to you as your breath. That's the difference. It was upon certain believers on conditions, but now it's available to be in you. That was part of the mystery. Christ in you. You can read more detail in my book, Chapter 6, Communion in the Spirit. It's 60 pages, people. The Holy Spirit field is a lot to comprehend and digest. But once you do and you get it, it becomes magnified in your life. 
it's worth more than any suit sitcom, any Super Bowl. It's worth more than any food. It is everything operating the spirit in your life. Those who are far off would have to include those in the uttermost parts of the earth to which those with the gift of Holy Spirit would be witnesses, as Jesus Christ said in Acts 1.8. The original 12 certainly moved God's word to a vast number of people, as Acts 19.10 says that all Asia, referring to Asia Minor, heard the word of the Lord. This is a tremendous outreach, but it had not yet reached the uttermost part of the earth. It wasn't until centuries later that Europe heard, and many centuries after that, that North American natives heard, etc., people dwelling in the uttermost part of the earth, had to hear and see the proof of the resurrected Christ, and the proof is in the manifestation of Holy Spirit. This is still true today. Those who hunger and thirst, notice that word thirst, Sometimes the spirit is compared to water. It quenches that thirst. After God's righteousness and desire to know and believe that God raised Jesus Christ from among the dead can have the proof, and they too shall be what? Filled. That's a promise. Claim your promise that God gave you. You shall be filled with Holy Spirit. That's a promise to you. 1 Corinthians 13, 8, charity, which is agape, the love of God, never fails to fall or fall out from a position of authority. But whether there are be prophecies, they shall fail, render idle, ineffective, or nullify. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease, stop, and desist. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. This verse is commonly cited to say that tongues are no longer available, for they have ceased. Yes, it says they shall cease, but when? This verse is speaking of the time, or of a time, in the future, when not only tongues, but also prophecies, as well as knowledge, shall be things of the past. This will be true only when, as verse 10 says, that which is perfect is come. And that will be when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. It is the lack of willingness to break out of the traditional thinking and come back to the Word of God that continues to keep people in their error. Truth is wonderfully simple and is easy to see if we will but read God's Word in its context. So here we go. Love of God never fails. But whether there be prophecies, prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known.
Knowledge in verse 8 is put for the written word of God. The scriptures by which we have an accurate knowledge of God and the manifestation of the word of knowledge. At the present time, all of what we know of God from the scriptures and all that God may reveal by way of revelation, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits, and all that prophecy proclaims, whether by manifestation of prophecy or the gift ministry of a prophet speaking by revelation, is only in part. It is just a portion of all that God is and all that God knows that he chooses to reveal to us. It is interesting to note that in verse 9 does not mention tongues. It mentions knowledge and prophecy as being only in part, but is silent as to tongues. Why? Speaking in tongues is the one manifestation of the Spirit that is complete and perfect in its function and purpose in the believer's life, as we will see as we consider its profit in the next section of this study. But even as perfect and complete as speaking in tongues is for now, it is still considered but a childish thing, and there will come a time when it too will no longer be needed and will cease. When is this time? Verse 10 says, when that which is perfect is come. The word translated perfect in verse 10 is the Greek word teleos, T-E-L-E-I-O-S, meaning brought to its end, finished, hence complete, perfect, or whole. The things of this administration are brought to an end, finished, and all is made complete and perfect only when Jesus Christ returns. God sends his Son back, and we are gathered together with him in the sky to be with him. We shall see him face to face, and we shall even we shall know even as we are known. Let me repeat that. We shall know even as we are known. It is at this time when we are with the Lord Jesus Christ that we will no longer need prophecies, tongues, or knowledge, but the love of God. The love of God will always be needed. There will never be a time throughout all eternity that the love of God will not be our most needed, asset, and coveted attribute. Love will never fall from its position of authority. Remember, this is the love month, people. Love, get up with love. Go to bed with love. Eat with love. Cook with love. Do your job with love. You'll see a difference in your life. Watch it change. Love is now and always will be the eternal rule and standard of life. We will need the gift and its manifestations until Christ returns. Then they will cease, but love will never fail. So there are some people who teach that right now we're, they go by the news. Oh, we're in the middle of the book of Revelation. We're getting ready for the battle of Armageddon. Oh, we're getting ready to go through the wrath or the great tribulation. 
know in all these things, Paul says, these are rumors started by spirits, started by unbelievers. These are rumors that we wars are coming and we're going to go through a great wrath. <clears throat> we are not in the book of Revelation. It cannot be possible because the book of Revelations cannot begin until after the gathering together, the rapture, so to speak. And then John says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. That's not Sunday. <laughs> it's not a church day. The day of Christ is different than the Lord's day. The day of Christ, I teach in my book, chapter 7. By the way, when are you going to read my book? <laughs> it is on the mystical voyage. And when you read chapter 7, it separates those who will be left behind and those of us, the dead in Christ, shall rise first. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord Jesus Christ in the air. Then the only thing left behind is a world full of darkness, corruption. Only then will their reign of terror be unfettered because we're, the, we're withholding it from happening. The believers, we're in their way. That's true. Verse uh, chapter 19, I'm sorry, page 19, page 19 of your PDF. When to speak in tongues. Before we take a look at how of speaking in tongues, it is necessary to be clear on when we are to speak in tongues. It has already been seen in our study that the believer is to speak in tongues at the time of his being born again or shortly thereafter. This was the norm for the first century church. As seen in the book of Acts, when they believed, they manifested. If a group of believers were not taught, as in Ephesus, under Apollos' ministry, then upon then upon becoming fully instructed, they would manifest. Aquila and Priscilla took Apollos aside and taught him the word of God more perfectly. That is our mission statement on our website, to lead people unto the way of God more perfectly and to make all mankind see what is the fellowship of the mystery. And that's what we're doing here right now. We're on a mission from God. <clears throat> the initial receiving of the gift into manifestation, we're still on page 19, could occur in a group with others present and all speaking aloud at the same time as with the original outpouring on the day of Pentecost and with Cornelius' household. It may occur with only one other believer, as implied in the record of Ananias and Paul, or it may occur in private with just the believer and God. 
But one thing is certain from the scriptures, all are encouraged to manifest. This first time to manifest is a very necessary and special occasion for the new believer, for it is the outward evidence of the internal presence of the gift of Holy Spirit. Now, what about following the initial time in our day-to-day lives? Are the believers instructed to continue to utilize this manifestation? Absolutely. Paul, by revelation, said, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. He, knowing the many benefits, continued to speak in tongues in his life's life and said further, I would or I desire that you all speak in tongues. Just look at this as a letter from God to you. That's exactly what it is. Paul's just the messenger. These are letters to the church. Each Look at the beginning of each one of these. Corinthians, Ephesians, Philippians. Unto the church. That's you. The gospels are not unto the church. This is why they got it so mixed up. Our gospel is the mystery and these church epistles. There's not a man alive who can reconcile the gospels with the church epistles. Cannot do it. That's why there's so much confusion. We are no longer under the law. Even the gospel period was under the law. I would that you all speak in tongues and forbid not to speak in tongues. Did you see that? I've read books where they tell me that I'm a heretic, that it's all gibberish, and I shouldn't be speaking in tongues. These fools, they're powerless, and they are weak, uninstructed, The full instruction as to when and how this manifestation of speaking in tongues is to be used as in 1 Corinthians. Remember 14.2 we went over last week. For, For he that speaketh in a tongue speaketh not unto men but unto God. For no man understands him, howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prayeth. I told you it was spiritual prayer. It's your spiritual prayer language. My spirit prays. That's how I like to paraphrase the word speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues gives the impression that you're doing it out loud. You do it in your heart, your mind, your spirit. God gives you the words. It is your private prayer language. But my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Else then, thou shalt bless, when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say, Amen, at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest? For thou verily givest thanks well, but the other is not edified. See right there, I mentioned those last week. Those are two things. It blesses or praises in the Spirit, and it gives thanks perfectly well. Sometimes we don't have the words 
of how great and wonderful we feel and grateful for what God has done for us. So by speaking in tongues, it's perfectly done. The manifestation of speaking in tongues is to be used in your private prayer life, for it is not speaking to men, but it is speaking to God. It is prayer in the Spirit. As such, it is to bless God with the Spirit by giving thanks well. There are no restrictions or limitations given to the use of speaking in tongues in a believer's private prayer life. But in the church, when the believers come together, God has put restrictions or limits on its use. 1 Corinthians 14, 27, and 28. Remember, when you read that chapter, most of the time you say, in the church, in the church, in the church. If any man speak in a tongue, where? In the church. Let it be by two or by the most by three, and that by course, one at a time, and let one in the Greek, ice, emphatic, the same one, interpret. This is where a lot of people get it wrong. Let me read that again. In the Greek, let it be by three and that by course, one at a time. One person speaks in tongues, one person interprets, and it's the same one, ice, emphatic, the same one, interprets. I've been in meetings where someone stands and speaks in tongues and someone else gives the interpretation, but it's not interpretation. They're simply prophesying. You give your own interpretation. That's how it works. Not someone else. What if the interpreter was sick that day, didn't make it to church? Well, we just can't have any speaking in tongues and interpretation that day. No, you're the one that can interpret. It is one of the manifestations of the gift of Holy Spirit. If any man speak in a tongue, well, I just read that. God's word is very specific here in 1 Corinthians where it says, let one interpret. One is the Greek word ice. It is emphatic, therefore means the same one, not just someone or anyone as the Greek word tis would indicate if used. When you have manifestations of the Spirit during the fellowship of believers, specifically speaking in tongues with interpretation, it is to be done by two or at most three believers, and the same one who speaks in tongues is to interpret. That's how it reads in the Greek. Trust me, it works every time. That is what is meant by the words by course, C-O-A-R-S-E in the English. And this is very clearly decent and in order as verse 40 commands. Verse 28 goes on to say, if there be no interpreter. This is in reference to the same individual who speaks in tongues and implies that he may be lack the will or believing to interpret or has not been instructed. That's all that means. It doesn't mean if there be no interpreter present in the church. So know this must refer to the individual who would manifest tongues because verse 13 says, let him speak in tongues, pray, or believe God that he may interpret. Well, wait a minute. I thought 
speaking in tongues wasn't available today. So why would God say, let him that speak in a tongue believe that he may interpret, that the church may be edified as well as he? So all of these rank unbelieving pastors who say it's not available, why does God say believe to interpret it? Don't let me get too excited over these unbelieving pastors. They have their day coming. If he does not believe or lacks the will or the instruction to interpret, then let him be quiet. Do not speak in tongues out loud in the meeting. Simply speak to yourself. Speak in tongues silently to yourself. Uh, it took me, uh, I don't know, a month or so. Uh, I took a class and showed by word scripture how to interpret. And it's just a matter of practice. And it's in this manual. In summary, we know quite clearly that speaking in tongues is for the believer's private prayer life. That's it. To which aspect of the Word of God gives no restrictions or limitations. We can speak in tongues silently to ourselves at any time and thus edify ourselves spiritually give thanks, and anything else that would profit in the certain situations we find ourselves. Because speaking in tongues bypasses the understanding as the Spirit gives the words. It can be done anytime and anywhere. You can speak in tongues, speak your private prayer language in the morning as you are getting ready for your day. You can speak your private prayer language in the car on your way to work, at home, at your fellowship of believers, any place you go. You see, people want to know, Am I, what is the will of God for my life? Well, there it is right there. He's, God's telling you, I would you all speak with tongues. I would you all pray in the Spirit because it's so profitable for you. It's so powerful for you it will change your life it will rock your world it will make the difference it will separate you from the world and other believers who do not believe in practicing speaking in tongues you'll be light years ahead of them it's not a competitive thing it's a love of god thing that you do this it's God's love for you that he gave you this ability. And if there's other present around you, then simply speak silently to yourself. When in the presence of other believers, we are not to speak in tongues out loud unless it is interpreted so that the church or the fellowship of believers present can be edified. And this is to be done only in subjection to the one who is responsible for the order of the meeting. One would never just jump up in the middle of the group and blurt out the manifestations. There is an order to how these manifestations are to be used so that their ultimate profit can be experienced by all involved. 
This is always the directive of God's word for the public use of speaking in tongues except with the initial receiving of the gift into manifestation when it is acceptable for new believers to speak in tongues for the first time out loud together in a group for all to hear. But in all these situations, God's rule is for it to be done decent and in order. I am going to stop here where it says how to speak in tongues. Tea Party, that's your assignment this week. Continue reading how to speak in tongues. And by this time next week, you will all be speaking in tongues. How? Overcoming common fears. Overcoming certain barriers, conflicts that you may have. You can and you shall. Just study this. It's written in Hindi. And I want to thank Ravi for having done that. You're in tune to Enlightenment Radio. This is your mystic guide. We've done one hour. Thank you for your time. I know you go about your day today. And let me check one thing before I go. I want to see how many people are in the chat room. And oh, look at all of those people. We climbed from zero to, I won't say the number, but a lot of people are listening this morning. Thank you. I love you. You're my family. I want the best for you, and God wants the best for you. All things are possible with God. You won't be left out. You're not the black sheep of the church. <laughs> You'll be so blessed Let me uh, paraphrase the end of 1 Corinthians 14. I don't have a Bible in front of me, but it doesn't take one. I remember this. At the end of all of that teaching, all of those instructions by Paul, he says, Look, but let a man do not forbid to speak in tongues, but if a man meaning a man or a woman, wants to remain ignorant, then let him remain ignorant. Let him remain powerless. That's their choice. We have freedom of choice with God. We have freedom of choice with everything that God does in our life. And if we did things by control. You see, some people think God takes over and you're out of control and they're afraid of that. That's not what happens. That's not how it happens. You're never out of control. You are always, you can start and stop anytime you want and it's your choice. So I'm going to leave you with this love song by Elton John. God bless each and every one of you. You've got your homework now. I'm going to be watching you. <laughs>
and check in. If you have any questions, feel free to email that email on our website, themysticalvoyage.com. We have a phone number. You can leave a message. I will get to it and answer your question as soon as I can. There are questions that people may have, and there's always an answer. I have not seen anything come up that cannot be answered. God bless you. I love you. And speak in tongues much. Speak in your spiritual prayer language, and you will be blessed. Yeah.